Hello and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where we don't do the voodoo that you do because the voodoo that you do is probably culturally inaccurate. I'm Emily. And I'm going to need you to say that again very slowly. No! Second take was good. Two take Coleman. That's what <laughs> that's, they used to call me. That's what they call me. Back when I was in the talkies. <laughs> oh boy, this is off to a great start. I do have Hi, a everybody. face for podcasting. <laughs> All right, we're gonna start off the top with a disclaimer. This Uh-oh. is an hour-long podcast, and this isn't an hour-long topic. <laughs> It's like a 20-minute podcast or topic and you're really padding it, or...? No, it's like a lifetime of research topic. Hmm. So this yeah. is the basics to get you started. Say, this is very on brand for us. You are grown-ups, I assume, who can do further research on your own. We are just here to get your feet wet, I Ew. guess. Like Mary Magdalene. Ew. She dried the feet with a with her hair. Well, I mean, my hair's too short, so I'm gonna need you to take up that slack. I don't think it's gonna work for me either, dude. <laughs> oh Your boy, we're in a weird thin, mood tonight. Midwestern hair. <laughs> it took me an hour and forty five minutes to get home from work. So yes, I am so this in a is mood. the energy we're dealing with today. This is the energy I am bringing to this. Eat my whole ass, Conan. <laughs> you know, when this comes out in it's like two months, it's going to be very relevant. She will have apologized. Variety will have gone under. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about voodoo. Clearly. Hoodoo? No. <laughs> voodoo. Hoodoo is a completely separate thing that has very little crossover. That's the response I expected. Sound very informed. I am very informed. Thank you. Um, I was doing my research last night and I was like, maybe I should have done this after my trip to the Voodoo Museum. Um, Having been to the Voodoo Museum, no, you're fine. Cool. Is it worth the, what, $11 that they charge? I thought it was neat. It's very uh, small. Oh, cool. And a little claustrophobic. Yeah. So be prepared for that. I'm already doing the Museum of Death, so like. Godspeed. Did you not? No, I did not. I well, I was with my sister in law and I was like, I'm not gonna make Anne do that. Yeah, I'm and gonna I just drop mm. Travis off at a bar with live jazz and then go do that. Good plan. Um I can't tell if it's like the disclaimer for people who are weak of constitution or whatever is made for weenies or it's someone who's like very seasoned like shit. That's intense. Yeah, I was questioning that as well. I mean, is it cause like I don't think most horror movies are scary anymore because I've desensitized myself. <laughs> I think they're fun. Like when someone <laughs> gets cut in half, like we watched Cabin in the Woods over the weekend. I was like, yeah, run into that wall, Chris. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm broken. I mean, I mean, yeah, I am. But yeah. But broken to where the Museum of Death won't, well. Nothing that they, list, nothing that they listed sounds me. that intense. No. They're like, oh, car crash pictures. Like, sure. Okay. I mean, we've all seen forensic files. <laughs> oh. 
that's what I was watching when I wrote all of these notes until I got <laughs> too stoned to watch forensic files, but not too stoned that I couldn't take notes. And then I switched to friends. And there's a real tonal change in these notes. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've we've vamped long enough. Yeah, uh, probably. Um, before we... Sorry. I'm going to just pause this. These headphones, I'm trying the ones that Target sent me randomly. Just they Target hurt my sent head you headphones? So bad. You didn't get my Snapchat? No. Well, no, I don't check Snapchat. Oh, well, that's why. They just sent me like a pair of headphones and they're very cute. Were they addressed um, to you? No. It came in like um, a package of like other stuff I ordered and I got everything I ordered and then a pair of headphones. Is this that our I think first so just, like branded sponsorship? This is not a branded sponsorship. I was hoping you would cut this pull? out. <laughs> Target's the dream sponsor. Like, I know my favorite murder did ads for the entire state of Illinois. And yeah, what? Uh, murder Squad has Bud Light. That's interesting. It is bananas. I do have to take these headphones off, though, because they're killing me. That'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. I was just getting ready to open Snapchat. Hmm. Oh shit, those are cute! Yeah! They hurt like hell, though. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Are they just too small? They must be. You can give- they're, I, I'm like 90% sure they're made for like teen girls. I was gonna say, does your niece have like a thing coming up that you could re-gift them for? No, but I'll probably just give them to her at some point. Yeah, Christmas even. Yeah. Um, That's close, right? Nah, Close enough for sure. me to worry about what we're doing for our Christmas special. <laughs> Another disclaimer, for for as the best I can do, I will be using the term enslaved peoples um, instead of slaves. Good call. I No one has told me to do that. I'm not, like, grasping for brownie points. It just felt really, really weird to refer to a group of, like, people as slaves. As the thing that was yeah, uh, done to them. <laughs> yes. So they don't call me, you know, laughed at in high schooled. <laughs> Apt comparison. I know. God damn it. Off to a great start. All right. So voodoo isn't a cult. It isn't black magic. It isn't devil worship. And it's not meant to harm or control people or generally do evil things. These are stereotypes, unsurprisingly rooted in racism and fear of the unknown, which is just a fancy way of saying racism. I'm completely shocked. <laughs> Something is- I had no idea. Yeah, if you think this is all going to be like hooky spooky, like zombies and shit, it's not. It's a religion. And to be fair, so is Satan worship. <laughs> Technically. But like... That has a bad connotation. I will get to that later in the show. Not this show, but, like, the show as a whole. Like, literally a month from now. Yes. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. are We te- We are in our technical uh, Halloween episodes. Feels weird. We were doing this in August. I, That's a little peek behind the curtain. I love being this far ahead. It makes me feel like I'm doing something when really I'm just <laughs> not putting episodes out. <laughs> It'll it'll feel more productive in like a month when we are putting episodes out I and spent also recording. My summer vacation four months ahead. <laughs> doing the recording same shit. Um so voodoo was first practiced in America well, it wasn't first practiced in America, but it was first practiced in America. The, the, uh, did you 
Did you eat an edible before we recorded? No, I've just had half a beer and uh, a small lunch. Uh, So it was first practiced in America and the Caribbean, or Caribbean, depending on how you like to get it nasty, uh, by enslaved people of African descent, whose culture was unfamiliar to white people who dealt with their shit by fearing and mocking the enslaved people and their aforementioned culture. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Checks out. Uh, They were not considered as human as the white Europeans, and their religion was dismissed as superstition. Their priests were labeled as witch doctors, and their gods and spirits were written off as being evil. It's pretty rich from, like, you know, a whole culture who eats Jesus every week. (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming a lot of these are Protestants at this point, but... I don't know. I just pictured, like, a Got Milk poster, but it says, Got Jesus? And, like, it's funny to me and, like, an Eat Jesus, but could be taken the wrong way. One of the only successful slave revolutions in modern history occurred in Haiti in the late 1700s. Enslaved Africans overthrew European rulers and took control of the country. Uh, Many of them were voodooists, and some of their military leaders were priests who helped organize the communities to fight for their freedom. The Haitian Revolution struck fear in other European and American colonies that were reliant on enslaved people's labor to run their plantations. The uh, imagery and vocabulary of voodoo and other Afro-Caribbean religions became threatening and ingrained in those cultures as something horrifying associated with bloodshed and violence. So, the... I mean, I get it. Well, the enslaved people were like, no more! And then the white people were like, oh shit, everything they do is bad. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty white, white people response right there. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of those colonists were Protestant or Catholic, and Protestantism branched off from Catholicism, which resulted, like, back in the day, Catholicism was the reason for a lot of bloodshed. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Catholics have ever, ever participated in any sort of violence or war. There was that little Inquisition, there were the Crusades, there were the the witch trials. Anyway. Oh boy, we're never going to make it through an episode of the dunking on the Catholic Church, are we? I mean, I feel like after thousands of years, it kind of deserves it. (laughs) It can't just be us and Dan Brown, Sarah. (laughs) That's all Angels and Demons was. Dunking on the Catholic Church? Yeah. Dunking very hard on the Catholic Church. So those are the things that voodoo is not and how it came to be known as the things that it's not. Racism. Uh, So I guess we should maybe talk about what it actually is. Yeah, let's do that. So according to the voodoo tradition, there is one supreme god who is known by different names depending on which part of the world you're in. In Haiti, for example, he is called Bon Dieu, which comes from the French Bon Dieu, meaning good god. Tone is very important with that one. <laughs> for clarification, uh, it looks like it's spelled Bondi. Which B-O-N-D-I? B-O-N-D-Y-E. Y-E, okay. It could be pronounced differently. But following the advice of my co-host, I pronounced it like I knew how it was pronounced. And and then you and then I, told everyone you didn't know how I to pronounce it. I don't know how it. to pronounce it. And if someone knows how to pronounce it. Please let us know. Um, so regardless of which name or pronunciation people use, the primary god is powerful and beyond the reach of ordinary followers. For this reason, voodoo practitioners depend on hundreds to thousands of other spirits to communicate with their god. Damn. Do you guys, not you, Sarah, well, maybe you, do you remember this from the the live Christmas show we did 
2017? No, I do not retain any information. Oh, good. Well, you weren't there. It's fine. <laughs> um, just a quick plug for our show with Mohanad El Shiki and Caitlin Warhauser. I did talk about a voodoo god and briefly explained most of this. Your silence is reassuring. <laughs> I, it just was okay. Very informative. Yes, 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 yes. If you want, pause this episode. Pause it right now. Pause it right now. Go back. Listen to the Lesser Known Gods episode. I think I do the person I'm talking about first. You get some goofs in. You come back. So these spirits that communicate with the main god, uh, they are known as Loa or Iwa, depending on which version of voodoo you're into. Uh, The spirits exist in a hierarchy where there are major powerful Loa Uh, many of whom have their own holidays, celebrations, or other observances, and there are minor spirits who play various roles in different regions. Uh, Communities and even individual families have their own loa, such as the spirits of influential family or community members, and the loa receive their power from Bondu and communicate with him on behalf of the followers. So, basically... That's... I was going to say, that sounds cool. I want my own loa. Yeah, like like your grandma... You'd, like, offer her stuff and, like, pray to her so she could talk to, like, maybe one of the higher spirits who then talks to the god. I see. This is probably not a great comparison, but I'm imagining um, Mushu from Mulan. That's almost exactly kind of what we're getting at. Maybe not voiced by Eddie Murphy, but also this would probably be a good place for Eddie Murphy to be. I, yeah. I'll take an Eddie Murphy. I mean, he's he's been close to it. He was in the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> it's all kind of... the. Same wheelhouse. It's it's all in the uh, Pepe Silvia board of connections somewhere. <laughs> Since God is considered unreachable, uh, voodooists aim their prayers to the lesser entities, the loa, or in some regions they're called the miste. Uh, the most notable loa include Papa Ligba, who's the guardian of crossroads, uh, Freda, mm-hmm. the spirit of love, Simbi, the spirit of rain and magicians, and Zaka, the spirit of agriculture, and the Marasa who are uh, divine twins considered to be the first children of God. Cool. Right? Great names. Pronounceable names. <laughs> French-based names. Um, in some versions of voodoo, mostly the ones in Haiti and uh, Louisiana or the Mississippi Delta, each of the loa is associated with a particular Roman Catholic saint. Mm. So they kind of, do they like merge almost? A little bit. Or just is influenced by? There's heavy crossover. I was going to say the whole like concept is very much like praying to saints oh, for to sure. intercede. For sure. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about why there's crossover. I'm sure you can guess what it is. But yeah. uh, Legba is associated with St. Anthony the Hermit. They have ones for like St. Patrick, St. Mary Magdalene. So it, sometimes it's really. Kind of the major well, it's ones? It's actually or? really random saints sometimes. Okay. But, you know, if they feel like they, they match, then they use the images of those saints as kind of a image of the spirit that they're talking to. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know why they have these associations specifically, but I don't get paid to research this podcast, and it was not a rabbit hole I was willing to go down. <laughs> like I said, this is an hour-long podcast. Correct. But from l- the little bit of the rabbit hole I did go down, it is the crossover of French and Spanish, like the French and Spanish's Catholic influence and... The traditional religions. Makes sense. Uh, the Loa also fall into family groups who share a surname, such as Ogu, Azili, Azaka, or Gid. Uh, for instance, Azili is a family. Azili Danto and Azili Freda are two individual spirits in that family. Oh, 
Cool. Each family is associated with a specific aspect of life. For instance, the Ogu family are soldiers. The Izili govern the feminine spheres of life. I think that means, like, housework and whatnot. Motherhood. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, not. they don't cover women, which is interesting. That's another group who has, like, the patron of women. Oh, so there's, like, a whole separate... Uh, The Izaka govern agriculture... And the Gide govern the sphere of death and fertility and include two of my personal favorites, Baron Samdi and Maman Brigitte. Those are names I recognize. Those are the ones that I talked about in the past episode. That's probably why. Uh, They are the heads of the Gide family who rule over things like death, graveyards, women, obscenities, healing, smoking, drinking, disruption, and spirits. Holy shit, I feel very seen right now. (laughs) (laughs) I will find out how to make, like, a discreet offering to them when I am in New Orleans. (laughs) I owe them a lot. Yeah. It's all kind of your aesthetic. And my aesthetic. And bonus points. uh, Both of them made an appearance in the latest season of American Gods. They were not in the book. (laughs) But yeah, uh, obscenities, smoking, drinking, these things. (laughs) All the fun stuff. Uh, So during ceremonies and observances, followers of Voodoo ask the spirits for advice, protection, or assistance. Kind of like you would the saints. Uh, In order to gain the favor of the Loa, followers have to honor them by performing rituals, which sometimes involve animal sacrifice uh, and singing and other such things. Uh, Other rituals allow followers to thank the spirits for their protection, blessings, or good fortune. To maintain a good relationship with the Loa, followers must also conduct themselves properly according to the customs of both the community and the religion. So behave your goddamn self. As is appropriate for where you are. I say, is there like a don't be a dick rule or? Uh, I believe that is implied, yes. Yeah, okay. Part of the voodoo belief is that the Loa communicate with followers through possession. The Loa temporarily displaces the soul of its host or the medium and takes control of the body. According to this belief, the medium cannot feel pain or be injured while possessed, which, well. Double cool. Yeah, it is cool. Probably not. Though I guess... Maybe afterwards, not so much, but... Yeah. Uh, The Loa speaks through the medium, often giving instructions, advice, or prophecies of future events. In some voodoo traditions, a few select people have the privilege of becoming possessed. In others, the Loa may choose to possess anybody. So the idea that powerful or influential spirits can possess people unites two forms of regional voodoo. Um, One exists primarily in the northern and central portions of the western African coast, and the other is primarily practiced in Haiti, as well as other parts of North and South America, like the Mississippi Delta, which is like Louisiana, Mississippi, that area. Okay. Books that either explore either form often explain the religion through a series of stories or anecdotes instead of a straightforward analysis, and there are three reasons for this. One, voodoo is an oral tradition without a holy text, prayer book, or set of rituals and beliefs. In different regions, voodoo practices, the names of the gods, and other traits can vary considerably. Oh, God. Yeah, that must make it a nightmare to try try and study and research. Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, The religion makes use of a wealth of rituals and observations that affect followers' day-to-day lives, making a straightforward list of observances impractical and impossible. So there's no list of, like, on Tuesdays, we pray to blah, blah, blah. It's whatever you do regionally and what your brand of voodoo is about. Very, um, what's the word? Bespoke voodoo? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Wicca a lot in that way. Yeah. Where, like, you can just fucking make up spells. It doesn't matter. 
Um, And like you said, in many ways, voodoo is a very personal religion. Uh, Followers have direct experiences with the Loa, and these experiences can be dramatically different from place to place, person to person. I believe, as someone who is not, like, culturally steeped in this, um, it feels like you get out what you put in with voodoo in whatever way you happen to put into it. So, yeah, as you can yes. imagine, it's very hard to nail any of this shit down. Yeah. I say, do not take my silence as confusion, <laughs> actually. That's exactly what it is. But <laughs> um, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. There's also differences between Haitian vood- or Vodon and the Mississippi Delta voodoo and African voodoo. <laughs> in in Haiti specifically, it is referred to as Vodon, um, which has come about. I mean, it's always been called that, but it's come about recently as a term that is pushed to disassociate it with the idea of like Louisiana voodoo. Okay. Which which must is probably its own whole separate. Well, yeah, piece, I have I would to imagine. imagine, um, not having been there yet, that uh like New Orleans specifically kind of leans into it as like a touristy thing. Kind of like yes. Salem has leaned into the witchcraft thing. But um there are people who practice it very, very seriously and it does incorporate some of those more commercialized aspects, although not to the extent and sometimes, like, cartoonish extent that it is portrayed. Mm-hmm. I sound so fucking smart right now, Sarah. You do. It's like you, like, researched. It's like I researched and, like, I've been low-key obsessed with this entire region of the country since I was, like, six. I mean, there's that. Thank you, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I appreciate you, even if zombies aren't really a thing. <laughs> That's a spoiler. Anyway, so what it comes down to is that uh, the information provided in overview, overviews of voodoo, like this, uh, cannot always reflect the beliefs of everybody. I also imagine it's very heavily leaning into like the New Orleans voodoo that everybody knows about. I, I do not... address that quite a bit towards the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no standardized teachings. Two temples within the same city might even teach different mythologies and appeal to the Iwa in different, or the uh, Loa or Iwa. Depends on which... Which one you're following? Yeah, and I was going to say, there's no, like, it's not like there's a voodoo pope. <laughs> there's not, like, a central... Well, that's the, well, no, that's the thing. Like, in New Orleans, yeah. they very much had, like, the equivalent of a voodoo pope for a lot okay. of people. But it, it wasn't elected. It was just someone who's really good. And I don't talk about yeah, and- Marie Laveau or Dr. John in this because they deserve their own episode. But you did get these priests and priestesses who were very well-practiced. And very well respected. Yeah, say, but even then, it was kind of more regional. It is. Right? Um, it's not like there's an overarching structure no, to it. No, it, it's not organized. Yeah. They don't have tax exemptions. <laughs> They're not Scientology. <laughs> no. So on the whole, it's a personal religion like we talked about, and sometimes practiced in conjunction with other more traditional religions. Uh, Roman Catholicism seems to play a large part in it, um, especially in regions like Haiti, uh, where they were settled by the French and the Spanish, which are mm-hmm. historically Catholic. Very Catholic. Almost as Catholic you can get outside of Rome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thank God it wasn't settled by Italians. <laughs> which I feel like Italians are less Catholic than the Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, they're very Catholic, but they're not quite that Catholic. Yeah. Like, they have all the shit, but they don't nail it into people. So yeah, early followers of voodoo in the United States adopted the image of the Catholic saints to represent their spirits, and other Catholic practices adopted uh, 
into Louisiana voodoo include reciting the Hail Mary and the Lord's Prayer. Old classics. Yeah. While voodoo is practiced among South Louisiana's Catholic population, Southern Protestants, uh, who comprom- uh, comprise the majority of the population in North Louisiana and the American South as a whole, are more likely to practice hoodoo than voodoo. Interesting. They are two separate things, and I didn't know that. It's not just variations on a name. No, there's huge differences between hoodoo and voodoo. And, God, correct me, because I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I'm picturing, like, the old Southern churches where they, like, do the snake handling, and is that this, or is that something else entirely? That is closer to a version of voodoo, maybe, Hoodoo, okay. I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, okay. And it'll make a lot of sense after I say it. I, I hope. This is about the part of my notes where the edible really started to kick in. Oh, boy. Uh, so hoodoo is a practice that combines traditional West African elements with Native American and European elements. Uh, it's also sometimes called root work, uh, working with roots, or root doctoring. And unsurprisingly, plants have a very big place in the practice. So these are my people. These are plant people. Plant people. Um, Hoodoo is a practice, not a religion. Okay. Hoodoo may have some religious elements, but it is not a religion, like I just said. Uh, It's a magical tradition with roots in in the southern United Mm -hmm. States. Okay. Interesting. Like other magical traditions, it is not bound to any particular faith. Many, but not all, root workers are Protestant Christians. Uh, Others range from Catholic to secular religions or beliefs. Um, Root workers believe in their own inherent power and the natural powers of herbs, roots, and other items that they use. Praying or petitioning a saint or deity is not necessary, but uh, the practitioner may choose to do so to help get on with their spell. Cool. Yeah, and um, like voodoo, uh, hoodoo is not inherently good or evil. So like all magical practices, it is, its goal is to create a change. Uh, so there's a lot of space in hoodoo for healing and, you know, that kind of thing, or for punishing enemies and that kind of thing. Right. So it's kind of in how you use it versus what it's designed to yeah, be. Yeah. And some root workers choose not to perform things intended to cause harm to someone, but others see good and evil as equal parts of the natural world. So... You know, you can go either way. And then some people are just assholes. Yes. So that's more like the magic level of things. Um, For the most part, voodoo, like you do have, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but you do have like items and stuff that could be like used to ward off evil. But that's more in like the respect of like a rosary would be or a scapular, if you guys know what that is. I do not. What is a scapular? Wow, you're not Catholic enough. I'm like rural Minnesota Catholic. We don't have fancy shit. I am small town Oregon Catholic. <laughs> um, here's the Wikipedia definition. Uh, the scapular is a Western Christian garment suspended from the shoulders. There are two types of scapular, the monastic and the devotional scapular, although both forms may simply be referred to as a scapular. It's Sorry, I'm just going to Google this quick. Is this what the priest wears? Uh, no, it, I had one. Um, so definitely not just a priest thing. It's two square pieces of cloth the size of like a large postage stamp. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm vaguely aware of this. And they are supposed to like protect you and stuff they are it's just fancy word for charms to ward away evil i was gonna say it's like this is yeah it's some witchy shit it is and so much of 
the Catholic faith is that kind of like old timey. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's basically like wearing a a, a charm to whatever, or like sa- medals, uh, saints medals. Oh yeah, medals everywhere. Um. Okay. So now we get to the part where I have fun stomping on the balls of rumors. Yay. So here are a couple things. This is my favorite part. Voodoo related that you may think you know about, but you do not. Emily's here to set the record straight, I like to call this segment of the show, Sorry Fuckers. (laughs) All right, the first. Emily's here to ruin the party. (laughs) This is my thing. Hate a dick racism. (laughs) All right, so the first up is animal sacrifice, which is a thing that they do. A variety of animals may be killed during a voodoo ritual, depending on the loa who's being addressed. Uh, it provides spiritual spiritual sustenance for the loa, and the flesh of the animal is then cooked and eaten by the participants. It's like Delicious. it's like chickens and shit. Not yeah, so like not chicken shit, but you know, maybe a goat. Because no white person has ever sacrificed a goat. No, never. Or tried to sacrifice their own child. Read the Bible, people. Anyway, the next is. Uh, symbols or vives, which is spelled V-E-V-E-S. Rituals commonly involving the drawing of certain symbols with cornmeal or another powder are common. Uh, each loa has its own symbol, and some of them are fucking badass. <laughs> and some have multiple symbols associated with them. Uh, there are four phases to a voodoo ritual, which all of them involve a song. Ooh. Very specific songs. There's the preparation, the invocation, possession, and the farewell. And songs are used to open the gate between the deities and the human world and invite all the spirits. And I didn't write all the spirits, but I'm going to say all the spirits to possess someone. So basically these symbols that are like in, what did I say, cornmeal or powder or whatever, those symbols are to be like, it, it's like dialing a phone number for a specific spirit. Yeah. Kind of focusing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk more about the singing later, Um, but right now, we're going to get down on voodoo dolls. Let me guess, also not a thing? Uh, The common perception of voodooists poking pins into voodoo dolls does not reflect traditional voodoo. However, voodooists do dedicate dolls to particular loa and use them to attract the loa's influence. So dolls are a thing, just not... Not in the way that they have been portrayed. Popular culture has, yeah. Which, I mean, tracks. Yeah, Yeah, it does. And I will be the first to admit that I have benefited... (laughs) from voodoo dolls being culturally prevalent. It is my favorite donut from Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> Which is the first search result that comes up whenever I Google voodoo. Actually, I'm going to try this now because I wonder if that's a local thing because you're like right there. Or yeah, see, the first thing that I come up with is Louisiana yep, voodoo. Yep, I get the Google map. So they're like, <laughs> yeah, they know. You're in Portland. You must be looking. I live Next door to it. I know it's there. It is open for me whenever I so choose. I'm actually a little disappointed that you didn't get voodoo donuts to eat while you do the voodoo podcast. The voodoo man donuts are like four goddamn bucks a pop. It's it's like a eight inch long voodoo doll with a pretzel stick in its heart. It's really cute. It's just not culturally accurate. Is the pretzel stick baked in, or is it literally like oh, it's stabbed out in, la- it's stabbed in later. Um, also, it's it's very uh, cool. raspberry jam filled, <gasps> so it bleeds when you bite into it. That's so cool. I want one. <laughs> I would pay four bucks for that. Um, well, there's one in the Denver airport right now. I think there's one in Denver. I remember yeah. passing it last time I was there. But then my brother moved what a to dick. South Dakota. What a dick. 
And I don't get to do any of the cool Denver stuff anymore. Yeah. I'm very Yeah, upset. I know outside of Portland there's one in Eugene, which is not convenient for you. Denver and then um, Universal City in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm never going to any of these places. Uh, we are going to not Universal Eugene. Studios at some point, my friend. <laughs> don't think you're going to get out of riding Jurassic World. I'm not... I'm not a rides person. That's why I'm not a theme park person. But there's animatronics. Okay. Yep. I could do one yep. of those. As long as it's not like a roller oh, no. coaster. No, I mean there type. there is a, a drop at the end when you're running away from a T-Rex or I guess the Indominus Rex now. But really? Have I mentioned that we need to get Stephen Ray Morris on this show to teach us about dinosaurs? Real dinosaurs and not the made up ones they uh, Chris Pratt hunts. I mean the T-Rex is real, the Indominus Rex is That's the one I was referring is to. It's not real, but I'm sure Stephen could tell us a lot about it <laughs> anyway singing and voodoo worship yes uh, it's very important like really important so i guess we got that right media uh good job you're one for three <laughs> uh songs have been passed down orally for hundreds of years since it is an oral tradition um songs would be accompanied by patting clapping and foot stomping but not drum playing unless it was part of the weekly public ceremony in congo square in new orleans during slavery times hmm. so not a lot of drums no uh songs are sung to give descriptions of personalities for the deities such as their names likes dislikes origin responsibility strength and strengths and weaknesses it's basically like a uh, thing you give at a job resume resume yeah i would love to read the likes and dislikes of a god right um one of them my favorite baron samdi is like cigars whiskey my mom brigitte drinks uh bourbon that's been like infused with hot peppers this is exactly what i was hoping They're for and picture fucking amazing i'll send you pictures of them great sometimes the songs are sung to uh, sung in address to the deities and sometimes as if the deities themselves were speaking or singing Many songs mirror the tunes of the Catholic Church, as well as associate the Catholic saints with the African deities. Like we said. Yeah. Uh, they're only Now I want to know what songs they're using. I know a lot of hymns. <laughs> it's actually a lot of uh, Skillet songs, weirdly. What? Skillet is a Christian rock band. Oh, God. Okay, I'm fine with... I was like, this is not a reference I get. That's why. Um, so there are only two ways a new song will be added to the voodoo repertoire. The first is if someone heard the song in a dream, as it is believed to be the spirit's revelation. The second instance is if a person is in a possessed trance and asks the people around them to sing it and memorize it when it, um, when it is considered to come straight from a spirit. I would love to know how often that happens. Yeah, I don't know how often they're adding new... I don't know if this is like a, a queen situation where in like 15 years they come out with like five albums and then nothing... <laughs> I can't imagine it's super frequent. No. I mean... This seemed like very particular situations, but also, I mean, you could pop in any day and just say, hey, I came up with I mean, this if, song in a dream. I mean, if you're going to be a dick about it, sure, but, I mean, I don't dream in songs very often. No, my dreams are all nonsense. The last dream I remember is, like, Travis bought a new car, and it was not an automatic, and I was really mad about it, so... Those are the kind of dreams I'm having. Wow. Wasn't even a car for me. I was just... I was going to say not even like the car flew. Yeah. I was say that's a very just, white bread dream. I was mad that he bought a new car and it was uh, some manual. All right. A bokor or capillata. The bokor is the male. Capillata is the female name. Uh, is a voodoo witch for hire who is said to serve the loa, quote, with both hands, unquote 
practicing for both good and evil. Oh. Their black magic includes the creation of zombies and the creation of oangas, uh, which are talismans that house spirits. Theoretically, and again, I did not go off on this black magic tangent, um, while voodoo and communing with the spirits is not evil, rites and rituals can be performed to gain favor with spirits who are a little more um, morally loose. Mm-hmm. A little more gray yeah, area. and willing to help out. My example of this is the Shadow Man from The Princess and the Frog. His whole song about I've got friends on the other side. I, I haven't seen this movie. It is I'm it sorry. is on Netflix. It is there. There are lots of movies on Netflix that I haven't seen, Emily. <laughs> mm. The people playing at home will get it. Uh, Bokors are featured in many Haitian stories and are often associated with the creation of zombies and uh, the use uh, by the use of a deadening brew or potion uh, containing poison extracted from pufferfish, also known as tetrodoxtoxin. I'm gonna say, say it how you know how to pronounce it. Tetrodoxtoxin. I, sure, sounds right to me. Because pufferfish are poisonous. I don't know if you guys knew this. I did know this. Uh, it's actually very, very hard to make a good pufferfish uh, nigiri. I think that's the word sushi with pufferfish. Because if you do it wrong. You die. Yeah, there was an episode of The Simpsons that <laughs> kind of traumatized me when I was younger, where like they go to a Japanese restaurant and Homer orders the puffer fish, but it's an inexperienced chef and he cuts it wrong. Oh god! So he spends the whole episode thinking he's going to die, and like he doesn't tell his family, but he like says goodbye. Jesus like, he teaches Christ. Bart how to shape. It's really dark. And, Calm down, yeah, man. He doesn't die at the end. Well, clearly. But, Obviously, because the show's still on. Surprise. Um, yeah, a little dark. Um, have I told you about the time that I ate jellyfish? No. Uh, we were out for a friend of the show, Molly's birthday, at a Japanese restaurant, and I saw that they had jellyfish on the menu. And I don't know if uh, you and the listeners know this, but I hate jellyfish as like a concept and a creature that exists on this planet. <laughs> I think they're useless and harmful and I hate them. I'm going to do a whole episode about jellyfish Go now. Go ahead. They're just I am adding it to the list right now. They're just bags of liquid that float around and ruin people's vacations. I love jellyfish. Now they can eat it. Um so anyway, I I ordered the jellyfish so I could eat one out of spite. How was it? It was like the texture was very cartilagey, like it was a little like chewy, mm. but it was clear and it didn't taste like anything. And it made my tongue go a little numb. Interesting. I would try that. Yeah, I. It, it felt like a good like middle finger to God's most useless creation. They're so cute, though. Cute? Have you seen yeah. a man of war? Well, like, just the little ones. I would rather hang out with an octopus. I mean, octopus, also very cute. Octopus and squid freak me out. They're too flaccid. I like a more rigid creature. I like a creature with some bones. Yeah. I, I don't like jellyfish. They, they scare the <laughs> shit out of me, honestly. I mean, I would never want to encounter one in the wild, but I like them. They're just floaty little... Everyone knows I live in Oregon. I don't know if we have jellyfish in Oregon. See, I avoid this whole problem by just never going into the ocean. Well, I mean, you don't exactly live close to it. I know, and that's why I'm more comfortable in the Midwest than on the coasts. Do you remember the existent- existential freakout when I was in San Francisco oh and just looking at went the, to at the, the ocean? Bay? No, it was at, it was outside of the bay. It was like the actual ocean, and it just the fact that it goes on for as long as it does is not well. I have this memory as a kid, and maybe this is like 
when I thought I watched it and it turns out I was just watching Problem Child where it never happened. But like I remember being on the beach and seeing like this big blobby clear thing that had washed up on the shore and like my grandma wouldn't let me touch it. That's Yeah, that sounds like a thing that's possible. I mean, as long as we're on the tangent, I'm just going to R jellyfish in Oregon. Oh, yeah, there are jellyfish in Oregon. Oh, yeah, there are thousands of blue jellyfish-like creatures on the Oregon coast right now. Well, this is from April 2017, though, so... uh. Oh, shit, yeah, it was a moon jelly. Holy shit, I did see one. I'm not crazy, Sarah. Oh, poor jellyfish. No, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> this got way off track. Jellyfish and gooey ducks can just eat it. Just to check, you know what a gooey duck is, right? I'm assuming some sort of it's a, sea creature. It's a big clam that looks like a dick. Oh, yeah, I've seen okay. this. They're actually being illegally fished, and it's damaging the environment, so. Well, that's because humans ruined fucking everything. It's true. Anyway, pufferfish toxin was used to create zombies. Wow, that's where this started. Uh, this potion induces, the potion created from this toxin, induces the drinker to appear as though they were dead. Thus, he is often buried. Like in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, later, the bokor would return for the quote-unquote corpse and force it to do his bidding, such as manual labor. The corpse is often was often given uh, drugs, mainly where they enter a de- like mainly that induce like a detached, somewhat dreamlike state, mm-hmm. and the state is likened to be being mind controlled. Uh, the person is alive, but in a state where they cannot control what they say or do. At this point, when the person has been reanimated from the grave, yeah, uh, not real well, or is uh, semantically or sure, at least is moving <laughs> about working. For the Bokor, they can be termed as zombies. However, some legends dispense with the explanation, and they have the Bokor raise zombies from the dead. So it really depends on whatever. Yeah. Um, and also some, I think uh, there was one Louisiana voodoo king who was particularly good at it, but sometimes hoodoo and voodoo priests and priestesses were so good at healing people that they were said to bring them back from the dead. So okay. there's that for you. Zombies barely happened, and what, and it was mostly used to demonize Haitian locals by Americans who were occupying Haiti in the early 1900s. Incidentally, did you know that we fucking occupied Haiti for like 15 years? When was this? I don't have the exact date. I want to say it was like 1901 to 1915. Yeah, that sounds right. That's something we would do in the time. When it was I wasn't right really after the movie White Zombie came out, and Bella Lugosi played a witch doctor, and it was just a fucking nightmare. Wait, so it was after movie times. You said like 1901 to 19... I might be conflating two things. (laughs) I can cut that out. When did the U.S. occupy Haiti? No, 1915. Yeah, you're definitely conflating two things, but but anyway. You can cut all this out. I probably will. No, wait. It's not very interesting. White Zombie the movie, (laughs) not the Rob Zombie song or the band. Good band, though. Oh, yeah, White Zombie came out in 1932. Okay. Whatever. Still a very racist depiction. I stand by that statement. Also, Bokors are said to work with zombie astrals, uh, souls or spirits, which are captured in a fetish, which is a doll, object, or whatever, um, and made to enhance the Bokors' power. Bokors normally work with Baron Samdi, Kaufu, Legba, and Simbi, who's a snake loa you know okay. baron samdi is in on this like oh yeah like death's his thing right yeah so. and um i'm not gonna talk about princess and the frog anymore you're just gonna have to go into that for yourself anyway so like i said marie laveau and dr john will get their own episode um they gained a level of fame 
They were like voodoo popes. <laughs> so now you know a bunch of stuff about voodoo that you probably didn't know 53 minutes ago. I was going to say, this is all brand new to me. Like, a couple of the terms are I'm familiar with, but the actual I, I hope I did practice? a good enough job explaining it in a way that, like, you can go find more information about specific things. Or take a trip to New Orleans and go to the voodoo museum. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> On it. Uh, this time... Two months from now. When do you go again? November? November. First week First, of November? Yeah, yeah, like November 9th to the 13th. Right. Anyway, I'm going to post the afternoon fight Instagram story. So, oh shit, when this comes yes. out, it'll be like September. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'll do some updates there. I'll try to find some Baron Samdi merch. Actually, I wonder if I can get like a medal um, like they have for the Saints. Oh, that would be cool. They have a lot of that in just... Really, any store you walk into. Yeah, I... And there are so many stores. Well, um, I mean, there's even one store specifically called Marie Laveau's House. Yep, yep. I I went there. I, like, we were literally walking back. I think it was from, I don't know, somewhere. But it's on Bourbon Street. And oh, shit, yeah. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, I wanted to go into I here. can get a Baron Samdi uh, medal with, like, his, his symbol on it. The patron saint of... Uh, people like me uh yeah so that's that's the, the, the episode um if you want to correct my pronunciation please do but just remember a lot of it is regional uh, but you can do that on twitter at afternoonified instagram at afternoonified facebook facebook.com slash get afternoonified probably not the best way to do it facebook wise um no we never look at the facebook i get notifications and immediately ignore them let's see uh we have our website uh, getafternoonified.com where you can find past episodes uh, you can donate you can buy merch you can email us at afternoonifiedpod yes at gmail.com that's afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com thank you I couldn't remember it to log into it when I was remember to subscribe rate review do whatever you want um, and we'll see you we're almost out of the hole we dug ourselves with the missing 411 episode oh god Damn it. Yeah, uh, anyone who's uh, left a review since then, uh, we love you so much. Yes. Um, Please keep doing that. We need all the good reviews we can get. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if you have any suggestions for the Christmas episode, please I play into my anxieties. I refuse to think about Christmas. Um, and yeah, we hope you like the mini-sodes. Yeah. There's, you're, we're about to record another one. You'll hear many more of them. Many more. I hope. I look forward to having the podcast equivalent of a column where it's just Emily reads you the hits. You know, Grimm's Grimm's and whatnot. Oh, before we get out of here, it is very important for me to mention that Maman Brigitte's symbols are rum, hot peppers, fire, gravestones, and crosses. She sounds the coolest. Her colors are purple, black, and green. So she's you. And she's symbolized by a black rooster. Yeah. Um, she's also known yeah, to I be foul-mouthed it. and drinks rum infused with hot peppers. A lady after my I own heart. I have found myself in this woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye.